Today on Abounding Grace, hear about the greatest gift of all that you can receive this Christmas. Isn't there a lot of discussion right now, a lot of planning and preparation of the giving and receiving of gifts? It's one of the best times of Christmas where we get to express our love to one another. We get to express by finding that right gift or that right gift card. And we want to love someone by giving them a gift in honor of the birth of Jesus Christ, but also the reception of gifts, to be able to receive them and to think that someone was thinking of us and spent some time and purchase something for us. It's so wonderful. It's so great. But let me tell you, there is a greater gift than any gift that you will open this Christmas. And that is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Those are the two options and the two choices. This is amazing grace. You'll most likely share and receive quite a few gifts today and or tomorrow, and maybe you're really looking forward to that. I know I sure am. Well, today on this, our Christmas Eve edition of Abounding Grace, we'll encourage you to open and receive the very best gift of all, Jesus Christ. Pastor Ed Taylor is about to share a special Christmas message based on the Gospel of Luke. Please take your Bibles, open them to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. We're going to be in chapter 2 and chapter 4. And the Christmas story is found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. The reason we call it Luke's Gospel is because a man by the name of Luke wrote down these accounts of the life and times of Jesus Christ. And when we read Luke chapter 2, we learn that the world needs a Savior. By definition, a Savior is one who rescues, one who redeems. A Savior is one that protects, one that provides. A Savior was one who saves. And you know, the world needs a Savior. That was the reality then when Jesus Christ was born, and it's the reality now. The world needs a Savior. Now, don't just think of the world as a mass blob of a globe, but think of the world as people, you. When I say that the world needs a Savior... What I'm really saying is that you need a Savior. I need a Savior. And God in His gracious providence provides a Savior for us. He wants to rescue us from a meaningless existence. He wants to rescue us from a life of mediocrity, a life of misery, a life of eternal, forever and ever misery, which is what awaits people that reject the love of God in their lives. You may not be familiar with the phrase forever eternal misery, but a better way to understand that is for those that reject Jesus Christ, they'll spend eternity in a place called hell. Hell is real. And I know many listening right now would think, wait a minute, wait a minute. Aren't we here for Christmas and the baby Jesus in the manger? We are. And isn't it just so wonderful that God when presenting to us the Savior, presents him first as a baby. Babies aren't threatening. We embrace babies. We love babies. 
And yet that baby grew up. And he lived a life on this earth for about 33 or so years, spending the last three years of his life loving, healing, caring, teaching, and revealing to a lost world the essence of his salvation. Well, well, Jesus put it this way. He was speaking to a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a religious man, but he had a lot of questions because the teachings of Jesus, they they intrigued him. His life, the, the life that was in him, that emanated from him. And Nicodemus came as a religious man, and he had questions about this new eternal life. And he he asked a series of questions to which one of the answers, first of all, we need to be very thankful for this guy, Nicodemus, one of the guys we want to meet in heaven. Because if he never came to talk to Jesus, we wouldn't have the most famous Bible verse in all the world. Because when Jesus answered Nicodemus, it's recorded for us in John 3, 16. He tells Nicodemus this, For God so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver. Isn't there there a lot of discussion right now, a lot of planning and preparation of the giving and receiving of gifts? It's one of the best times of Christmas where we get to express our love to one another. We get to express by finding that right gift or that right gift card. And we want to love someone by giving them a gift in honor of the birth of Jesus Christ, but also the reception of gifts, to be able to receive them and to think that someone was thinking of us and spent some time and, and purchased something for us. It's so wonderful. It's so great. But let me tell you, there is a greater gift than any gift that you will open this Christmas. And that is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him, and then here's the end, would not perish but have everlasting life. Those are the two options and the two choices. Jesus speaks of eternal perishing, separation from God. You see, that baby, he did grow up. But here's his birth in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census took place while Quirinius was governing Syria, and all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. 
And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things in her, and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that it heard and seen as it was told to them. That baby born is declared to be a savior, Christ the Lord. The fulfillment of all the promises of God as it relates to the savior, or you might have heard the phrase Messiah, who was to come. He came to save us from our sins so that we might live life to the fullest, to the best that God has. Jesus, as an adult, would say it this way. He said, I have come that they might have life, and that more abundantly. That is the heart of God for you and for us, to live a life of abundance in him, for him, and to him. No more living an empty existence, an aimless life, with no direction, no purpose, but knowing the Savior and placing your faith in him brings power and purpose and meaning to everyone that places their faith in him. Jesus was given, he was sent to us, and in him is found life. He is the epitome of life. And now we fast forward in the turning of a couple pages in your Bible to chapter four, we fast forward 30 years in his life. 30 years, the baby's grown up. And in the very beginning of his earthly ministry, as he begins the public revelation, I mean, really, his ministry is eternal, but his public, his public ministry starts right here. Notice in verse 16 of Luke 4. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in that synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So, verse 22, all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they go back thinking about his birth, his father. They say, isn't this the guy? Isn't this Joseph's boy? Isn't this Joseph's son? It startled them. What a glorious revelation Jesus gives to them of his mission on earth. On earth. You could say that this section in Luke is the mission statement of Jesus Christ. It's why he came. And within this passage of Scripture, we learn a few gifts that Jesus brings with him that you can receive by faith, a few things that are given to us that you can hold on to. For some of you, two or three of them are what you need even today. For others, you'll need to experience them in the coming days, in the coming weeks or months. But they're all yours by faith for those that are born again, those that are saved repented of their sins and surrendered their life to Jesus. These are all yours. Notice, number one, Jesus brings the gift of good news. Good news in verse 18. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Yes, he's, he's been given the, the joy of preaching the message of freedom to those in poverty. 
Some of the most gracious people on the planet earth must be the followers of Jesus Christ. That's his heart. But it's not just physically poor. He preaches the gospel, which that word means good news, to the spiritually poor. Those that are separate from God. Those whose lives have been broken by sin. He brings good news. Everything in Jesus is good. Far from being a burden giver, Jesus is a burden taker that he would come and take our burdens and carry them for us. In Jesus Christ is where you'll find relief, where you'll find true rest. Jesus doesn't come with bad news of bondage, but the good news of freedom and hope. Jesus would say it this way in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That invitation goes out to anyone listening to me right now. The good news. Number two, notice next, the next gift that we see in Jesus is that he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The gift of a healed heart. It's interesting around the holidays, there's usually a a wrestling between a couple different emotions. Of course, in the holidays, there's great joy. Family and friends get together. There's excitement. It's really a festive time, a joyful time, a joyous time, a time like, none, like no other. You know, everyone seems to get excited about this time. You know, some people shopping, they get a little too excited, stealing your parking space and such, but they get excited. This is a great, this is a great time. And yet, some of you, you're experiencing both joy and a broken heart. That happens. Not life isn't always what we expect it to be. Not life isn't always going to happen the way we planned it out. Things happened this last year. It's been a hard year for you. A hard few months, perhaps. You might even look at yourself and say, well, you know, the, the holidays remind me of a hard life that I've experienced. Listen, the gift of Jesus Christ is he heals broken hearts. He brings true, real, lasting healing he brings with him restoration and help. And if you call out to God today by faith in Jesus Christ, healing is yours. Healing is yours. Thirdly, notice, he also has come to preach deliverance to the captives. And if you skip down a little bit, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. What's the next gift? Freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. He's come to proclaim liberty to the captive. You know, this world has a way of captivating men and women. It tends to sap the very energy that God has given us to live for him. And yet Jesus brings with him liberty or freedom. Jesus would put it this way in John 8. If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And you'll have that freedom that you've been looking for. A lot of times when we, when we speak of oppression and captivity, one of the words that we may use to describe that is addiction. Addiction is a bondage. You'll be addicted to a substance. You can be addicted to a lifestyle. You can be addicted to unforgiveness. Like, you just can't get out from under it. It's oppressing you. It's pressing you down. It's knocking you out. Listen, by faith in Jesus Christ, he has come to set you free, to release you from this. You know, we use the word addiction, and immediately people are going to, their ears are going to perk up because that's the life. You know, I lived that way many years myself. But I also realize that some of you, as soon as you hear that word, you kind of check out and you go, I'm not addicted. I've never been addicted to anything in my life. That's not the kind of life that I live. Hey, addictions come in all shapes and sizes. 
Some are very seen, the consequences of them, and some are very unseen. And whether yours is seen or unseen, God has come to preach to you deliverance. You don't have to live this way the rest of your life. There's freedom. God, he wants to set you free. He wants to see you come out from under that. You know, he wants to deliver you. You know, these things, as you, as you kind of look at these gifts, you know, they require humility to receive. Because in order to receive them, you've got to admit that you need them. And that's one of the biggest barriers that, that I find in our lives is an unwillingness to admit our present condition. That's true for believers and unbelievers alike. But it's especially difficult for those of you that have never connected with God because you've got all these reasons. You have all these reasons why you don't need God. I don't need to be preached that, Pastor. I don't need that kind of freedom. I mean, life is what I want it to be. Life is where I'm, I'm right where I need to be. You know, I'm only in church here because my family or somebody, I'm, I'm only here for, well, I don't know how much longer, but I'm checking my watch, right? How long is that pastor going to go? How long is that gonna pastor going to go? Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but my voice is going to be stuck in your head forever. Why? Because God loves you. And he's going to keep repeating his love to you over and over again. Sometimes he's going to use my voice to remind you of just how much he cares for you. So maybe you are where you wanted to be. You've got all the money you want in the bank. You've lined up the future. Your career is right where you need to be. Your family situation's all well, all packaged up. And yet, even though you've met all your goals and you've set a few more, when you put your head down on the pillow at night, it doesn't fully satisfy, does it? I mean, that's just between you and God. But have you been a person in that same place? It doesn't satisfy, does it? You know, those that study such things, they, 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 somebody used a phrase, I forget who it was, but they used a phrase that everyone has this God-shaped void in their lives. And they try to fill it with so many things. I mean, you're not gonna have enough money to satisfy that emptiness. And you're not gonna have enough activities with the kids and the family to satisfy that. You're not going to progress to the place in your career where you're going to have that sense of satisfaction that not only is life right now, it's, it's okay now, but I'm also secure for the future because all that stuff is temporary. It's going to pass. You're not going to take it with you. It's not going to translate from here to there. It's only by repenting of your sin and accepting Jesus Christ will you experience the kind of deliverance and freedom. Now, those things that you're experiencing right now, I'm glad that you're, you have them. I'm glad that you're, the Bible says that God has given us all things richly to enjoy. He really intends for this life to be enjoyed, to be enjoyed, to honor him and glorify him and, and to have our lives. You know, as I was walking up and I, I was speaking with Oxa here, I just, I did, I was going to text her later today, but I wanted to tell her right here. And I just said, I'm so glad that your voice is being used for God because those kind of voices can be used to lead people away from God. And I'm so glad as I look out in the room that your gifts and your talents and what you're good at is being used by God. You see, we all need him. The Savior was given to the world, not just to a select few. If I was to share a little bit of my testimony with, me, with you, I'm sure that you would come back and say, you know what, Ed, you needed God. And you'd be right. I needed him even worse than I could. I needed him, and I was in such a worse condition that I can't even describe how bad it was because only God knows how bad it was. But friend, if you've made better choices than I have, had a better upbringing than I did, said no to a few things more than I said no, you still need God. 
because the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When the baby was born, the baby, the Savior, was for the world. It was a, it, it was a birth of the Son of God, motivated by the love of God. He wants to preach deliverance. Notice he also says that he's come to give recovery of sight to the blind. Again, this is a twofold application, both the physically blind, as we see Jesus bringing sight back to the physically blind miraculously, but more so to the spiritually blind. And that's an interesting thing to consider, that you can both be able to see physically, but not see things spiritually, which is the true condition of everyone apart from God, where you can see, you can see, and you can hear, like right now, you're following along with me, You're listening to the words that I'm saying and you're processing the definition of them. You're hearing the sentences. You're putting the pieces together. And so it's not like you don't understand my words. You just don't understand the spiritual significance of them yet. But God is opening your eyes. Because even though we're spiritually blind apart from Christ, the the beautiful thing is all we need to do is open the Bible and begin to read it and share the good news of Jesus Christ And miraculously, God begins to open eyes. And he draws. You know, nobody can come to the Father. Nobody can make this decision to come to the Father unless the Father draws him to the Son. The the work of the Holy Spirit on the earth today is to bring conviction. Conviction. Because conviction will lead to change and repentance to turn your life around away from the direction you're going and to turn it toward God. You see, Christmas is so significant. It not only brings joy and happiness at a baby born, but it also brings joy and happiness in many people turning to the one who gave his life for them. Jesus wants to open your eyes today so that you might see spiritually. We've been getting ready for Christmas here on Abounding Grace by taking a look at the wonderful gift we see in Jesus. Due to time constraints, we weren't able to bring you Pastor Ed Taylor's message in its entirety, but you can hear it right now, start to finish, at calvaryaurora.org. Do a search for Jesus Christ, the never-ending gift. I'd like to suggest our resource of the month, a book by Lee Strobel called The Case for Christ. Taking the approach of a journalist, Lee Strobel recalls his own spiritual journey from an atheist to faith in Jesus. He poses questions like, how reliable is the Bible? Does evidence for Jesus exist outside the Word of God? And is there any reason to believe the resurrection actually happened? We'll send it your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Please remember this radio ministry is made possible through your generous support. And as the year comes to an end, this would be a wonderful time to hear from you. It'll serve to help us finish the year strong. Call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or go online to calvaryaurora.org. You can also write to Abounding Grace, 18900 East Hamden Avenue, Aurora, Colorado, 80013. Well, Ed, depending on when this is being heard, there still may be time for our listeners to come on out to our special Christmas Eve services here at Calvary Church, Colorado. What will you be talking about this afternoon? Well, Larry, Christmas is always an exciting time around here at Calvary Church, and we're so grateful to be able to serve 
many people that normally would not be in church. And of course, we just had services for Christmas. We dedicated the whole weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and today, Monday, dedicated to Christmas. Now, the the message for Christmas Eve is going to be different than our message for this last weekend, talking about the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our theme. So literally, you can go anywhere in the Bible to talk about the glorious good news of the birth, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So come on out. Our services are on Monday today at 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. And so like you said, Larry, depending on when you're listening to this, we may still have opportunity for you to come out. If not, on behalf of my family, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas on behalf of the Calvary Church family, the staff, the volunteers, and the beautiful men and women that call Calvary their home. Merry Christmas, guys. God bless you. Again, you're more than welcome to join us here at the church today at either 3 or 5 p.m., And we can give you directions and more information online at calvaryaurora.org. We hope to see you. Wherever you may be this Christmas, we hope and pray that you'll keep Jesus Christ, the never-ending gift, at the center of your celebration. And Merry Christmas from everyone at Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado.